0: Welcome to Answers to Life's Challenging Questions, helping to open your eyes to the many solutions to life's everyday challenges. We spend so much time looking for support and guidance on how to resolve the issues we face, it can be easy to get lost and overwhelmed. Join in as we provide practical and professional advice to help guide you towards overcoming your barriers and finding the hope that will reignite your passion and help you live a happy and healthy life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Dr. Pamela Jordan and Dr. Craig Dossman.
1: Welcome to Answers to Life's Challenging Questions. Hello, I'm Pamela Jordan.
2: And I'm Dr. Craig Arthur Dossman.
1: we like to welcome you back to part two of our podcast entitled Money Wise. And today we have with us our guest, Ms. Linda Brooks. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to part one because Linda gave us some critical advice on how to navigate our financial future. As she pointed out what we need to do in the event that there's another pandemic or emergency like an earthquake or hurricane, she also shared what we should be telling our children, youth, and young adult about finance. You see, we decided to start off this new podcast on financial stewardship and financial wisdom, because we wanted you to have critical tools as you enter into this new year. So when you make your new year's resolution, you can include financial planning and preparation. I always like to say, when you know better, you can do better. So join with me as we welcome back my longtime friend and colleague, Miss Linda Brooks.
2: Yes, I wanted to just ask the connection, your theological background and your business background in terms of accounting. When did you begin the process of understanding the importance about money or stewardship? What sort of like turned that light on in your head to say, you know, I need to do something about this? How did that start?
3: Oh my goodness. So I started out in accounting in high school just because I was good with math and I love numbers. But after getting called to ministry, one of the things, especially when I was in seminary, I often prayed and asked God about was my background. And I went to seminary later in life. I went to wow. seminary in my forty oh, later. <laughs> I don't That's remember, but <laughs> late thirties, you started in your late thirties in my teens. I went in my teens. <laughs> and one of the things I often asked God was God, I know that you didn't allow me to experience all that I've experienced from a business and finance perspective for naught. So how are you going to marry my business background in this, mini- this seminary church ministry? thing that you're putting me in right now, because in seminary they train you to become a pastor and I'm a pastor of a church and I knew that that was not my calling. And to be honest with you, I have to tell you the light bulb, I've always had an interest after going, being a part of different ministries and churches to be able to share new ways of financial administration and business administration in the congregation. But I knew that it was more to it than that. And to be completely honest with you, it wasn't until this year when all of the Black Lives Matter protests were happening and everything that's been going on with injustice and everything that I've learned over the last two years about real estate investing and having access to capital and me completing the Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University training a year and a half ago. And really changing my mindset in terms of how I related to money and stewardship. And I always had a respect for it. And I even developed and executed a financial training for middle school age youth through the nonprofit. But I think the light bulb truly came on this year when everything happened. And I said, you know, with everything that's going on, I am not the person to be in the street protesting and marching, that's just not who I am. So I say, God, I know that there's something that you would have me do or something that I can do to support this movement where we are today with the gifts that you've given me. And by me asking that question, the first thing that God is allowing me to do is I've started facilitating those Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University trainings to begin to train and focus our community in terms of how we think about relate to and to money and financial resources and how our theology informs that practice. And then so through the nonprofit, the Monet Institute, that's what I do. And then once we're able to help people get to where they need to be financially, it's through Freedom Capital Investments that we are able to offer them opportunities to invest in multifamily real estate, which is a sound uh, investment option that offers appreciation, wealth building and value adds and really begin thinking about how are we going to leave legacies for our children and our children's children as scripture directs us to do. And the light bulb really came on for me after I asked God that question and he let me know that the experiences that I've gone through were not just for me, but to allow me to meet people where they are and to help them really inform how we as the people of color are educated and learned and practiced about money and financial resources. I wish I had so much more time to share with you what I've God has allowed me to see and witness and learn over these last few years. But I will tell you this, there was a time in my life where I felt like everything that I touched turned to gold because I was playing in a certain financial field, if you will. And I was on this fast track, this trajectory to be wealthy and and successful. And then life happened and I ended up filing a chapter seven bankruptcy and I lost everything. And the only thing that I did not lose at that moment was that I was able to still remain successful in was completion of my ministry and seminary studies. And I knew that there was a reason why God has stripped away everything else that had historically, in my opinion, held me up, which was my success to get me to the point to focus on him. And in light of everything that has recently happened or that I have been able to see because it's been going on for years and I just hadn't seen it. The light bulb for me is the ability to serve as a vehicle to educate and support our community in changing their mindset and how we interact and relate to money, what we do with it, how we spend it, how we treat it and what role it needs to play in our lives. Because I think that we have been miseducated for so long and the time is now to begin making those changes. So I hope that answers your question.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Linda. Now, Linda and I, many of the listeners do not know, but we've known each other for many, many years. She and I have been road dogs for years. Because ever since I moved to California, I've seen her go through struggles and her calling and, you know, where God was taking her. And it's just a joy to see you on the other side. It's a joy to see how you're operating in your gifting and how you are really being inspired to help others and people of color. So I thank you for that. So many of us fail to reach back once we have succeeded in life. And so I am so grateful to have you as a friend and as a sister and to have you take part in this with us today. I have one more question for one of our listeners. And this mm-hmm. listener is a parent and she has adult children. Mm -hmm. And her question for us today is, how do I as a parent begin to cut off my adult children who are living with me?
3: Understood. (laughs) I have to believe that in light of the current economic struggles of the country in Our communities, given our communities, usually have more struggles, but I truly believe that with everything that's going on with COVID, our communities were definitely hit harder than others, that this particular scenario is not unique to this listener. So I appreciate the question. In general, I think an adult child, assuming the adult child is either of or shortly after college age. But I believe an adult child should after college have an option to come home while they are either seeking employment and getting themselves together. However, there should be some parameters in place that the adult child would have to abide by as the parents are assisting that adult child financially while they're getting on their feet. And so I think that this listener needs to have a candid conversation with his or her adult child with regard to those parameters and those parameters could be you need a vehicle so that you may be able to get around. So that vehicle needs to be one that doesn't come with a car payment because you can't make it. And chances are the parent will be also paying for the insurance. And so if the parent is agreeing to purchase the car and to cover the insurance, then the adult child should be able to cover the fuel for the vehicle. And I recognize that college students or post-college students or things of that nature may find themselves in situations where they can't always do the work that they have gone to school to do or would prefer to do. But in light of the movement of technology and the advancement of services that we find ourselves in today, there are so many ways in which an adult child can contribute to the household to include fuel for their vehicle. With the onset of rideshare professional services, anyone can almost be a taxi cab now. And understanding that folks may not want to transport people these days, they can become personal shoppers, they can transport food. There are so many other ways that one can make some money. And the beauty is that those platforms allow the person to. the schedule that works best with them. So if they're looking for work all day, then they can do everything else that they need to do from a part-time employment perspective in the evenings. The key is that the parent needs to have the conversation in terms of what the parent needs from that adult child so that the parent can continue supporting that adult child such that that parent doesn't overextend oneself. Because if the parent overextends him or herself, then they are of no good to that child, that adult child that they are supporting. So the child should never, and this kind of goes back to the question that Dr. Dossman asked earlier, the child should never take for granted that the parent is going to take care of them financially just because that's their parent. At some point, those purse strings have to be cut. But life happens and there are struggles and there are times when the Child, adult child has to go back home. I've been there. However, the adult child needs to, one, make sure that the parent understands that that adult child is doing everything that they can do to change the financial situation and contribute as much as possible. And that adult child is going to have to maintain a lifestyle that is not dependent on the parent's resources, but dependent on the resources that they are able to contribute. And the parent needs to take the responsibility to make sure that the child knows that this support is not indefinite. And there are some things that that adult child will need to do to support the parent being able to support them.
1: What advice do you have for spending? And what do you think uh, parents should give their children regarding money and finance?
3: Sure. That's a great question. We often feel obligated to buy all of this stuff. For family and friends and kids and things of that nature. In light of everything that's going on now, I don't think that that should be a primary focus for anyone. I think that focusing Mm -hmm. on, focusing and making sure that your home and your family is healthy and safe should be a priority. But then, of course, you're going to always want to give gifts to certain people, especially if you have children. Right. One of the things that I think we should do if you're going to give a gift to your child is limit the value of the gift. If a child is 10 years old, they don't need $90 sneakers. They don't need, there's just certain things that children just don't need. And so limit the value of the gift and make sure that you begin, if you haven't had those financial conversations with your children, begin having them at this point. What does Christmas really mean? Why we give gifts? and why the value and the amount and the size of the gift doesn't matter. Another way to help educate children on finances you can use the holidays for is something that I started doing a number of years ago. I stopped buying toys and clothes and gifts and all of that stuff for my nieces and nephews. I started buying stock uh, for my nieces and nephews. Wow! For example, my nephew plays soccer. He loves Nike. And so for his birthday... And for Christmas, I'm, I'll buy a share of Nike or and or a share of Disney or a share of some other stock, and I'll hold it in my account and pay the taxes on it <laughs> until um, he's 18. And then once he's 18, I will transfer all of his shares of stock to an account in his name, and that will be his gift. So when he's 10, he may not understand that. But when he's 18 and when he's 25, he will.
1: Wow. That's an amazing idea. I mean, I never thought of buying shares of stock for a child. And that's amazing because I just really, you know, would have never imagined doing that. And do they receive it as children? I mean, are they excited that they get stocks or are they still wanting the toys?
3: (laughs) I know, right? So when they're small, they don't understand the value of the stock. I will say that there are companies out there where you can literally go on their website, buy the share of stock, have their certificate printed with the child's name on it and given oh, to that's the child as a gift. I haven't gone that route. I've just set up an account in my name, a brokerage account. I'll buy the stock, have it all sit there, have it all appreciate and the dividends um, reinvested. And then once I transfer the money over, I'll transfer the stock and the respective value of the dividends that were paid over the years. So, But there are companies that will send you a certificate with the child's name on it. Of course, they charge a premium for it because you pay for the share of the stock plus their service. But it's a nice gift to hand someone. I didn't get that fancy. I just have the account set up and I have it allocated to each of my nieces and nephews. And I have seven.
1: Girl, I would just print out uh, a little <laughs> certificate on my computer <laughs> and hand it to them. <laughs> That's a great idea, though. Uh, that was yours. You I'm going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> for you parents out there who are looking for holiday ideas and Christmas ideas, ask your children what they're interested in. And Whether it's Nike, whether it's Disney, whether it's some favorite toy that they have, invest in that business and provide those shares for your children. Put it in their name, and at the age of 18, they will have a a nice nest egg to begin their college venture as well as their life adventure as they go on. Thank you so much. Linda, I really appreciate you coming and sharing these amazing tools on finance so that we, as we're going through this pandemic, uh, can begin to prepare ourselves financially, think about our debt, how we're going to approach our debt, think about preparing for savings in the event that there is another pandemic or another thing that arises in the future. And to always make sure that we have a savings set aside for six months of bills that we may need to pay and that we are making ourselves educated to ways that we can better allow our money to work for us and not allow us to work for our money. And Absolutely. you did amazing Absolutely. explaining those tools to us and providing us with that advice. So I really appreciate you joining us today.
2: Absolutely. Now, Dr. Jordan, how can the community get a hold of Linda Brooks? I mean, what she has to offer is just absolutely tremendous. I wish someone would have said that to me about 30 years ago. I'm so like a late bloomer, but I did get on the train. How can we get in contact with her to get a hold of some of her materials, her lessons, her workshops? How can we do that?
3: Yeah. Linda, why don't you share that with the listeners? I would love to. Thank you so much, both of you, Dr. Dawson, Dr. Jordan, for having me here. Pamela, my longtime friend, sister, colleague in ministry. Thank you both so much. It has been an absolute pleasure to be here and to allow me to share with your audience. I have a lot going on. As I talked to you today, I realized about how much that was. The best way to reach me is through the website for my multifamily investing podcast. And that is at uh, multifamilyinvestorladies.com. That is the best way to reach me. If you go on that website and you reach out to me there, I will respond to whatever your inquiry is and we can move it to whatever platform the inquiry is applicable to. So thank you again for having me. I'd be honored, honored, honored to come back. Just let me know when. Thank you so much. Definitely. Definitely.
1: And can you do us a favor, Linda? Can you just share briefly a little bit about what your podcast is about in case our listeners would like to tune
3: in? Absolutely, absolutely. So listeners, our podcast is about learning how to invest in multifamily real estate, which are primarily apartment complexes of 100 plus units, primarily as a passive investor. And what that means is, one, investing in our multifamily real estate projects will become a part owner in that asset and receive income from distributions on a quarterly basis. And it will be considered passive because it's not something that you'd have to work for. It's an investment. It's just not the stock market. And what that podcast does is it shares and it, it makes you become a listener, become an informed passive investor so that when they are considering those types of opportunities, they're armed with the knowledge and insight to ask the right questions and make the decisions to invest in those types of opportunities. Myself and my co-hosts will be sharing those. We'll be interviewing experienced multifamily investor operators, and we'll be sharing opportunities for some others to join us in any multifamily investment opportunities that present themselves to us. And they will have an opportunity to journey with us through our multifamily investment experiences. So would be happy to have them listen to us as well. However, you have to make sure that you have started at least on your journey of getting your financial picture and your financial plan in order because technically, unless you have no unnecessary debt, there's no room for investing. So you got to get that together and then come on over and join us over at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. Wow,
1: you need to say that again. Unless <laughs> we have no debt, there's no need to be investing. There's no room because uh, I think a lot of people start investing using that as an opportunity to gain wealth. <laughs> but if you're still in debt, then you definitely need to tackle your debt first. Exactly. Thank you again so much Linda for Thank joining you so us much. and We'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And as always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Answers to Life's Challenging Questions. That's Answers to Life's Challenging Questions. And you can leave your questions in our direct message DM. You can also leave your questions on our phone line at area code 415. Six nine zero eight six zero five. 690 8605 That's 415-690-8605. Feel free to reach out to us. We'll put you in connection with Ms. Linda Brooks, and she will help you get your finance in order for 2021. All right. Thank you guys again for joining us. Take care. Have a great day.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us on this episode of Answers to Life's Challenging Questions. For more information and resources, be sure to join us on Facebook to connect directly with your hosts, as well as others just like you who are looking for answers to life's challenging questions. You can find us at facebook.com slash answers to life's questions. Until next time.